Better late than never here on Cloudy with a Chance of Racing. Braxton and Dylan here with you on episode 29. Uh, Jake and Steve are the things I had to take care of here on a Wednesday night, but uh, Dylan and I are here with you. Dylan, uh, what was your uh, your weekend like in the world of racing? Well, I was able to watch most of the racing that took place at Darlington, um, and I was able to watch actually the Formula One race and the IndyCar, so I got a full weekend uh, full of of able to take in a, a lot of the racing there. So I was really impressed by uh, both races that happened at Darlington. The Formula One race, which we hardly ever talk about on this show, was a bit of a snoozer, like like uh, most what, of the Formula One races this year. An F1 race being a snoozer? I have never yes. never could fathom that. It is, I will say, it is impressive what Max Verstappen is just doing. I mean, it's it's unprecedented, truly. Um, so that was cool to, to kind of see. But uh, the race Sunday night, I really enjoyed it. We had a kind of a, a classic battle between two guys that love to run the top of the track in Tyler Reddick and Kyle Larson. And Larson finally able to get that Southern 500. And I think in the post-race interview, it, he showed a lot of emotion where um, he, he looked, seemed like he wanted this one for a while. So it was cool to add that to his collection. Yeah, I mean, it was a big weekend in NASCAR uh, with the with the Southern 500 weekend. The Xfinity cars always put on a great show there at Darlington as well. Uh, race won by Denny Hamlin. I thought it was entertaining to see the uh, the warm reception that Denny got from uh, a lot of fans in the stands about that win. Uh, it, and there was a lot of drama there, too, in the Xfinity race about the, the cutoff. Uh, Riley Herbst and, and Parker Kligerman are right there neck and neck with each other, and it's going to be a battle. Of course, the Xfinity playoff cutoff race, their, uh, their regular season ends this coming week at Kansas. So that'll be uh, a very tight battle and one worth watching this weekend there and on the mile and a half. Um, let's start there with the Xfinity race. I mean, uh, I personally didn't get to watch a whole ton of it because I'm uh, still in New York working tennis. So disclaimer, you all might hear a little bit of that in the background here. Uh, it is another American playing uh, in, in the quarterfinals tonight. But what happened in the Xfinity race that caught your eye, Dylan? I mean, um, it, it seemed like the some Cup guys were kind of getting their last like Cup series or last dip down into the Xfinity series uh, before they were kind of booted out of the series for the end of the regular season and then their playoffs. Yeah, that's um, I like the, the battling between some of the Cup series guys. I think that's one of the better things um, about the Xfinity Darlington race, because you get so many of the cup guys, just think of the the past battles that we've seen, you know, with Kevin Harvick and Ross Chastain at the time when he was in Xfinity, that's one of the all time, I think, uh, you know, kind of Xfinity races at Darlington was that event that happened. But, um, uh, you know, I've voiced my opinions about Denny Hamlin in the past, but I like it when he goes down and runs a couple Xfinity races. And I thought he made it a little bit exciting. He, he also showed that he's extremely talented and I don't think anyone ever questions his talent level. Um, and then he goes and, and does that in a hard-to-drive Xfinity car at Darlington. He, he looked really impressive. Yeah, and the uh, of course we can't mention Denny Hamlin without mentioning his big news from Monday that um, he has re-upped with Joe Gibbs Racing. That also means the 2311 is re-upped with uh, the Toyota Racing Development family. Uh, that's a big domino in the silly season. Uh, some people would say there was never any doubt about it, but um, there was at least enough grumblings to give you know a, a bit of a bit of pause and question about could Denny and twenty three eleven go somewhere else, and that's all been put to rest now. Yeah, and I think um, you know obviously a lot of the details hasn't come out, haven't come out, but the speculation I think kind of began 
um, when when Legacy Motor Club, which today just dropped some big news there with John Hunter Nemechek um, being signed for next year, with them going to Toyota, that that really adds to Toyota stable now. And uh, I think kind of the thinking was Stuart Haas Racing struggled. Will twenty three eleven Ford might have you know had a big push to try to pick up um, twenty three eleven Racing. So. I think Toyota is going to be even stronger next year and adding another team in, um, well, not only having Denny and his team, but having legacy motor club, that's going to make it even better. Yeah. And it seems like just having more data points to share across the TRD family. And especially when you get to the super speedway tracks as well, that the Toyotas have always had trouble with the, um, with the kind of alliances with, you know, finding your manufacturer partners and, and being able to run together just because there's only been six or fewer of them for a long time. And now they're going to have eight cars in the field will be uh, really good for that organization. Um, in the cup race on Sunday, uh, some wackiness for sure. We have to mention the lights going out on the inside radius of turns three and four. Uh, have you ever seen anything like that? I mean, Dylan, you go to a lot of, uh, of short tracks. Have you seen anything like that before? Well, I actually have. We had the, they had to the pause. Well, they had the, have a long break between in the intermission of one of the races I went to at Richmond Raceway here in Kentucky because one of the lights in turn one went out and at a small dirt track that makes a huge difference you know there's a lot less lighting infrastructure at a track like that uh, to light the track but I thought uh, it was kind of interesting because a lot of the drivers didn't seem to mind it I think it was more of the spotters having a tough view of the turns uh having a view of right against the wall at least um, it did kind of add like an old school feel to the, cause I, as soon as the sun started to go down, I noticed like that turns really dark. I didn't know if it had always been that dark or what, but it was very noticeable when they turned the lights on. Eventually the whole wall was lit up completely. Um, so, uh, cause I remember Denny Hamlin saying, you know, it's fine. I don't, I don't see any issue with it. Um, but yeah, that, that's so odd. Like what are the odds that that happens? Yeah. I will say that Darlington is a unique place for that to happen. Like if it were to happen at, like a Bristol or a Martinsville where, you know, a lot of the, the fast line is right around the bottom. That's a different story, but with it being right up against the wall uh, and it, it's very hard for the lights on the grandstands to get down and, and kind of around the wall. I mean, light doesn't really bend like that. So uh, I think that's a unique little quirk, which was with that track and it happening there. I remember uh, the lights going out on the back stretch at gateway for the truck race Yes. <laughs> Four or five years ago. I think it happened a couple yeah. of times. It was kind of embarrassing, honestly. But uh, I remember seeing that happen. Uh, but it was interesting that it happened during the, the what, what part of the throwback segment of the race yes. that, uh, <laughs> that NBC was doing. So it was Dale Jr., Dale Jarrett, and Kyle Petty in the booth. And uh, for us West Virginia guys, we got a very cool story out of Kyle Petty about it. Yeah, that was awesome hearing uh, about Ona Speedway. Um, when they used to race there, we've kind of mentioned that track in the past, but um, to hear Kyle, <laughs> that sounded like a, I hadn't heard that story before, actually. So um, that was cool to hear talk about the whole field crashing when the lights went out. Yeah, it, it's uh, Ona Speedway is a place I've been to many times in my life. It's 15 minutes from where I grew up. Literally, this is going to be a very West Virginia description. It's across the river in the mountain from where I went to high school. Okay. Um, and uh, so I've heard stories about the the Mountaineer 500, the West Virginia 300 being run uh, with the NASCAR Cup Series there uh, back in the 60s at Ona Speedway. And, and I even uh, 
have a a memory of there was a I think NASCAR was racing in Pocono, and I think it was Michael Waltrip and a handful of other drivers flew down after practice and qualifying at Pocono in the early two thousands. There's a little airstrip right there at Ona that that they flew into. They came over to the racetrack and uh, and raced in and borrowed cars. And it was great. They had a packed house at that place to see the NASCAR stars run against the local guys. And then once their race was done, they hopped back in the plane and uh, and took back off and left. And that was just the coolest thing ever. And um, so, yeah, Ona is a, a great place. And I, I have definitely heard many stories about uh, about Richard Petty, Petty David Pearson, all of them racing there at Ona. And so it's really cool to get that mentioned on the broadcast. Yeah, definitely. Um, especially a track that you you know you don't hear about much when they're talking about the history of NASCAR in an area that doesn't have a track right now. Um, so yeah, uh, that was a cool story to hear. Cool to get a shout out to you know some West Virginia roots, which Kyle um, Petty does a lot um, in Western Virginia, West Virginia area. Um, he does his um, what's his drive that he does with uh, the, the, the Kyle Petty uh, uh, charity ride for the Victory Junction yes. game, yeah. I know a couple of people that have rode in that uh, when it was driving through like White Sulphur Springs area in West Virginia. So um, it's cool that he, he cares a lot about that area of the country. Ona Speedway, the only paved oval in the state of West Virginia. There's several dirt ovals. I think there's a road course over in the eastern part of the state, but only paved ovals there at Ona Speedway. A little, uh, what is it, I think, a um, little short of a half mile. So like a three eighths or a, a something like that mile track. It's a, it's a cool spot. Late models, yep. uh, legends, cars, uh, modified street stocks, all the all the normal divisions you see at your local track, they're available in Western West Virginia. Well, in the actual race itself on Sunday, uh, it, it was really the Kyle Larson and Tyler Reddick show, and and they did put on a show, and I think it was especially entertaining that they were able to race the way they did, given how little passing there had been in, in races in the last month to six weeks. Yeah, that was the biggest thing for me. And you also had some big guys, big names with trouble. I think it all started with qualifying. Martin Truex Jr., who showed no speed all weekend long, starts way in the back, barely makes any progress all race long. Then you have Denny Hamlin, who uh, you know just dominated early on after taking the lead um, from Reddick. Um, and then he has his issues. And then that's left with two of the best guys at this style of racing and Kyle Larson and, and Tyler Reddick. And I think they, they put on a show, like you mentioned, um, it was cool to see them, you know, every lap, it was like one would hit their marks, one would hit the wall. And, and you know, it was just tough drive. You could tell that they're, you know, really worn out after the race too. Reddick's post-race interview it was obviously a lot of a frustration that he wasn't able to catch Larson, but um, you should, it showed that he put a lot into that, a lot of effort. Yeah, and one thing I have to mention too is the you can't really call it the debut, but the um, the second opportunity, if you will, for Carson Hosevar in the Cup Series racing in the forty two car for Legacy Motor Club, and I think by all accounts he had a very good run and, and backed up what he showed when he was in the Spire Seven at Gateway, finished all the laps, uh, was competitive all the way through, didn't do anything stupid, uh, kept his car clean. Uh, and really a good showing for, for the young man out of uh, Western Michigan. No, he definitely did. And I think his finish was actually a little bit lower than where he had run all day. He was like early teens for most of the race, and they ended up you know finishing a little further back. But he was outrunning a lot of guys that I don't think uh, people expected him to outrun. Like 
Chase Elliott for most of the race. He was outrunning him. So um, that was definitely very impressive. He has shown a lot of talent, I think, and raising some eyebrows potentially in in the industry with um, how well he's done in his two attempts. Well, that's a, uh, a good transition to mention that the 42 car, as you mentioned earlier, has been named uh, the driver of John Hunter Nemechek with the Legacy Motor Club going to Toyota. JHN stays in the Toyota family. He'll be piloting the 42 next year alongside Eric Jones. Uh, I guess some people could uh, kind of dismiss Hosevar's run on Sunday as being like, well, that team's always been really good at that track with you know, Eric Jones being the defending winner. But uh, And Eric Jones did have a pretty good run, was up there mixing it up in the top 15 as well. But you look at the way that car has run all season, and and I don't think it's any fluke that that suddenly Josevar is there in the seat and they have one of their best finishes of the year. Yeah, definitely. I don't think it was. And, and stayed clean, which that car seems to have, you know, mechanical issues just as much as driver issues. And maybe it wasn't as much the car causing those issues as, as what we had thought potentially at the time. He will be in the car uh, this week at Kansas as well. So that'll be interesting to see along if he's able to back up, back up his, uh, his performance there and his first two Cup Series starts. Uh, what else caught your eye over the weekend that you want to bring up on the Cup Series or Xfinity Series? Well, uh, the little feud there between Suarez and Alex Bowman. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was that was a little, <laughs> I think, frustration on both ends from both drivers not being in the playoffs. Uh, Bowman, you know, I think he was too aggressive um, in his double block of Suarez. But I also think Suarez does have a little bit to blame. I mean, it, he did stay right on. He didn't lift. It didn't seem like at all. Or if he did, it was a very little, a little bit of a lift. So um, it's kind of both of those drivers just equally showing their frustration. And then Bowman saying, you know, in his interview after that, the crew chief <laughs> flipped him off. But then the crew chief comes out and tweets that no, I never flipped you off. Um, so again, that's I think just frustration at the end of the day because both guys aren't in the playoffs yeah i'm not in the playoffs and also darlington's one of those tracks that if you're not running good your car's not handling good it will drive you up the walls literally and figuratively Uh, and so you know a little bit of that frustration you know builds up uh, and kind of boils over in that kind of race that's not really surprising to see it at that racetrack yeah it's really not i think i thought that bowman had a pretty good day up to that point i think he you know, that uh, he was obviously hoping for a little bit of a better run. But um, at the end of the day, you know, that's got to be a frustrating way to go out yet again. I don't think I don't think he helped his cause at all with his post-wreck interview either, um, which it was kind of interesting. NBC didn't air that until after the race um, because, you know, just the way the timing worked out where they were so focused on that battle for the lead, I think. And also from the race, um, Christopher Bell, I think, would have been there at the end had he not had his issues early on with his um, bad pit stop, which fell, of course, on the first green flag stop, which that was another thing. 100 laps of caution-free racing at Darlington is unheard of, and we thought we are going to get another race where it felt like never-ending green flag laps, but there were end up, some, end up being some cautions at the end. Um, but yeah, Christopher Ball, I think, showed some speed, which he hasn't in a couple weeks. So that could be something that could continue on a track that's very favorable for the Toyotas this week in uh, Kansas. 
you know, and that even plays well throughout the rest of the playoffs too, because remember Homestead is back in the playoff mix. Uh, and I think that'll, you know, kind of mix things up because that track is, is similar to Darlington in, in ways where it, there's many ways to get around that racetrack and make speed. Uh, puts a lot in the driver's hands and uh, that, that could very well uh, play into the Toyota's hands because those, the Toyotas have seemed like they've run really well at this type of trace track. So have the, the Chevrolets and the Fords uh, early in the season, I think were pretty weak in those, but uh, again, the RFK cars finishing top 10 again. Am I right? Yes. And, and they're just, they're, they're the class of the Ford field right now. They are. And, you know, Buster had, he didn't really show speed all day long. And then at the end of the race, a couple pit stops, he's right there at the, at the front. Um, <laughs> So once again, he is, I think, quickly becoming a favorite. And it'll be interesting to see how long this momentum could continue because I don't think the Fords showed a lot of speed at Kansas earlier in the season. But you go to Michigan, and then they do show speed. So um, who knows what, what they're going to bring. I think I think it's tough to, to bet against RFK having a good showing at Kansas, especially with the run that they're on right now. Well, let's run through the point standing starting in the Cup Series as I think all three series are headed to Kansas, so we'll just run through the, the points. Uh, right now, William Byron leading. Larson, Reddick, Busher, Hamlin, Truex, Bush, Keselowski, Blaney, uh, Chastain, and Logano are locked in. They're going to cut three or four? Is it four? I believe cut? so. Yes. So... Uh, I'll hear if it helps if I click on the playoffs tab on the uh, uh, <laughs> on the standings. So as it stands right now, uh, Bubba is one point to the bad. Kevin Harvick is two points to the bad. Stenhouse is four points below, and then McDowell nineteen points adrift. Uh, yeah. Nineteen points, not totally insurmountable, but he's going to have to get some stage points because at this point, all of those guys are running close to the front of the field. Yeah, definitely. He had uh, him and Stenhouse, I think, both had frustrating days there on uh, Sunday night, for sure. So in the Xfinity Series, uh, John Hunter Nemechek and Austin Hill are uh, locked in on the bubble. As I mentioned, it's very tight with Riley Herbst and Parker Kligerman being one point apart. Daniel Hemrick will lock himself into the Xfinity Series playoffs just by starting at Kansas. And we'll have some news on that in a moment. Uh, below the cut line, Brandon Jones, Brett Moffitt, Parker Redslaff, Kaz Grala, Ryan Seagon down. They all must win a race, win at Kansas to get themselves into the playoffs. And that would knock out whichever of Herbst and Kligerman is fighting for that 12th spot. Truck Series is off at Darlington, but uh, the playoffs look like this. Grant Enfinger, Ty Majeski, Corey Heim, Christian Eckes, Carson Josevar, Zane Smith, Matt Crafton, and Nick Sanchez are currently in position to advance. Uh, I believe Kansas is a cutoff race for the truck series. I'll have to double check that. Yeah. But uh, but Ben Rhodes is three points down. He, he is the uh, past champion there in the truck series. So Ben Ben Rhodes has some work to do to try to make it into the next round of the playoffs. And Matt DiBenedetto, twenty points below the cut. Of course, Matty D announced last week that he will not be returning to Rackley War Racing in 2024. So uh, his swan song with that team is not going well in the playoffs so far, and he has some work to do to advance at Kansas. Uh, 
Kansas, a racetrack that always puts on good races. And after earlier this season, uh, there were a lot of people, I think, who were clamoring for Kansas to be the championship race instead of Phoenix. Uh, do, do you think we see more of that this weekend? Yeah, the hope is for that. Uh, absolutely. Um, especially having all three series there. It'll be interesting to see the turnout fans. You know, it's always a tough weekend because football opens up this weekend. But if you're in the Kansas area, Kansas City plays on Thursday night this season. So that could be, you know, some of their sports fans that are fans of both could go to the football game Thursday and then spend the rest of the weekend at, at the track, which they're not too far apart from each other. Um, so could be a cool deal, too, if you're, uh, you know, make a whole weekend out of it. Go to Go to the Arrowhead for the game, and then go across over to the Kansas side of Kansas City, and uh, and catch the racing. Yeah, um, I wish I had done some more planning because that sounds like an awesome, awesome uh, weekend uh, playing there. But uh, I think it does continue. It'll be interesting to see the weather because I believe it's going to be a little bit cooler, not as hot as what it was uh, in the spring there. It was pretty warm, I believe, if I can remember correctly, the Kansas race then. It won't be quite as hot there this weekend. It'll be interesting to see that side of it. But I think we kind of talked about this. It's going to be Toyotas and Chevys, I think. Um, Maybe the RFK bunch are there at the end, but who knows. Um, But I think Toyota especially, I think, is probably going to – at least early on in a qualifying, show their stre- their strengths. Totally, and because this is a uh, just a two person podcast tonight, we're gonna mix things up a little bit. We're gonna jump ahead. It's only been twenty minutes into the show. But we're gonna jump ahead to our pop up showers, and then uh, Dylan, you're telling me something about uh, sports betting starting in Kentucky. So uh, I think that's an interesting deal. We might be able to get some uh, some some betting stuff in if, if that's okay with you. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm going to be working on doing uh, my auto racing is what I'm going to call auto racing picks of the week um, on our TV station or with through our through my TV station, ABC 36. Um, The brick and mortar shops open up tomorrow on a Thursday, depending on when you're listening to this on Thursday, September 7th at 10 a.m. Uh, Lexington has a spot at Red Mile, uh, Caesar Sportsbook there. So um, we're getting in contact with them, see if they could potentially work with us in the future um, in terms of me doing these auto racing picks. But it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, with with auto racing, how, how popular that is with the sportsbooks here in Kentucky. I will say, looking at the odds right now um, for this weekend, a lot of Toyotas up near the front. Also for the championship, I'm, inter- I'm, I'm a bit intrigued that, Right now, Larson's the favorite. Truex is right behind him. Uh, but then Hamlin's not – he's fourth on that list, at plus 525 right now on Caesar Sportsbook, um, plus 525. So I think that's a little low for him. I think he should be right up there with Larson. Um, you know, it is tough to – because he he's never won a championship. But I think Hamlin – I mean, would you agree with that, Braxton, right up there with Larson right now or – I understand Truex. He just struggled so much last week, and it's hard for me to, you know, put him up there with the with with uh, Larson. Yeah, I, I think the thing with Hamlin is that he's been so close so many times that it would make a lot of sense for the betters to be, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, and, and that's not a knock on Denny. I mean, Denny will tell you, I'll believe it when I see it. <clears throat> it's just it a matter of yeah, you know, it's just a matter of his. Uh, um, you know, he runs so well, he just hasn't put it all together. And, and sometimes it's pit crew, but a lot of times you look back at his record of, of pit road penalties, it's squarely on his shoulders. Yes, 
for sure. And um, another name I think that stands out on this list too is, again, this is Caesar Sportsbook, current odds to win the championship, is that Chris Busher is actually behind Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch is fifth is the fifth favorite right now uh, for the championship at plus 800. Meanwhile, Busher's at plus 850. Um, so, I mean, obviously so close, but uh, a bit surprised by that. I think just because Kyle Busch has championship experience, I think that gives him the edge over that. But it's hard to say Busch has shown much speed recently. So, at the same yeah, time. Yeah, very true. It's always interesting. And I think um, – I think NASCAR racing, granted, it's very followed, right, uh, amongst, you know, diehard fans. But I almost feel like that there's not enough um, kind of mainstream following to where the uh, the odds aren't necessarily as true and telling of, of who can, can do well and who will do well. Uh, yeah, and as, I think... Let's say, like, football, for example. No, definitely. You can definitely find uh, interesting odds uh, for Because, like, last week, I believe I saw that DraftKings had... Martin Truex Jr. is his race or his odds um, were were not obviously very good, but they had a kind of a prop bet that somebody starting 30th or worse to win, which Truex fell in that category, had more favorable odds than Truex's odds to win. So you're better off, you know, giving yourself eight other drivers starting 30th or 36 drivers, however many there were, six drivers that could potentially win. Than, than Truex. So I think you find some quirks like that quite a bit in NASCAR just because I think it's not catching up, but, you know, like you said, it's not quite as universally popular as football betting and basketball and things like that. And, of course, they'll have odds, I'm sure, for Formula One, IndyCar, et cetera, as well. Yeah, um, they will. They also – so I'm looking at Caesars' website right now. They've taken off their odds for the race this weekend, which is kind of interesting because they were up earlier today. Uh, but they also have the truck series listed on here, but they don't have their odds up at the moment. No Xfinity series listed. So, again, um, kind of slim pickings right now if you're in an area that has you know the, the mobile sports betting and you're looking for Caesars. But DraftKings' odds at the moment, they do have Denny Hamlin as the favorite this weekend. Um, Larson's – and Truex are both at plus 550, and then you have Byron at plus 750. I'm, I'm, again, that, that that makes sense to me, having those drivers up there. I will say Bub Wallace, last year's winner at the race, is plus 1,200, um, which is ahead of Kyle Busch, Ross Chastain, and Chris Buescher. Interesting. One thing I'm curious about, and you'll have to report back to us next week after all this launches, is how sports betting is received in Kentucky uh, – especially on, on NASCAR side, I'm curious to see if there's like NASCAR specific numbers on participation, just because horse racing, horse betting has been around for ages in Kentucky. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious if there's some people will jump on board with it or if there's some people who will kind of turn their nose to it. Yeah, it will be interesting. Uh, I'll definitely be on the lookout for those kind of numbers, especially since I'm going to be trying to give out picks every week. Uh, I may be heading down to Red Mile tomorrow because I've never actually placed the in-person sports bet before so interesting it's gonna be my first not even in vegas to do so not i've never been to vegas either so cool yeah sounds so like we might have to make first, a trip out to uh out to vegas for the race yeah, yeah cloudy with a chancing chance of racing pod uh, at vegas would be pretty sweet <laughs> what, what would you say the the chances of racing would be higher than the chances of of betting or vice versa if we did that <laughs> that's a very good question i think that's up for debate <laughs> We'll, we'll, we'll get back to you if we, uh, if we get down that road. 
Uh, news on my front is I purchased a ticket to the Charlotte Roval race at the beginning of October. Um, just like we talked about, uh, fans going to Kansas this weekend could make a double dip with seeing the, the Chiefs play and then go to the NASCAR race. Uh, I'm going to be in Charlotte for work. Then I'm driving to Raleigh two and a half hours to see Marshall play at NC State, my alma mater uh, and Marshall Thundering Herd on Saturday and then Sunday headed back to Charlotte to catch the Bank of America Roval 400. Sounds like a lot of fun. You'll be heading right down to back road to uh, yes, to NC State. That would be cool for sure. Which yeah, that was it'll cool be... this weekend um, at College Game Day Saturday morning. They had the 2311 team on there. Um, they did, yeah. You know, they had, you know, Tyler Reddick's car was uh, UNC colors, obviously, with the Jordan brand logo there. Um, so that was cool. To, it's cool, always cool when NASCAR, especially in a place like Charlotte, which is the home of NASCAR, to, to be talking about that, especially on the first college game day of the year. Yeah, especially it, it was it was during game day in Charlotte for North Carolina versus South Carolina. So Michael Jordan being a UNC Carolina. guy, and yeah, it all makes sense there. So yeah, that was a really cool deal. Uh, let's get to our pop-up showers real quick. Uh, normally a segment Jake leads, but we're going to keep it going even though Jake's not here. Uh, I was actually looking right before we started recording, Dylan, at the World 100 entry list. It's a late model uh, dirt race at Eldora that's being held tomorrow night, Thursday night, September 7th. And one name I did not see on there, Kyle Larson. Yes, that is interesting. I, I, it makes me wonder if maybe an edict came down from uh, from the big man, Mr. H, yeah. about doing stuff, which which is interesting to think about if that did happen because the High Limit Racing Series still has races going on through the NASCAR playoffs uh, in midweek. But maybe there was some deal that's like, okay, you can finish the High Limit season, but nothing more besides that. I have pure speculation on my part, but interesting to see a big money race on dirt that Kyle Larson has not entered into. Yes, that is interesting. It is, you know, a late model, dirt late model race where, you know, Larson, I think this summer has been focusing more on his sprint car races. For sure. So maybe that could be it. But, but yeah, you're right. It is surprising not to see his name. All the big names will be there, though. Jonathan Davenport, Mike Marler, uh, Tyler Anderson, a West Virginia guy. Sorry, Tyler Carpenter, West Virginia guy. Uh, I've all seen those. several times this season and getting better every time I see him. Yeah, so uh, all the big names will be there at Eldora tomorrow. Uh, I think it's available on Flow Racing if you are interested yes. in watching that. And Davenport just won, uh, speaking of West Virginia racing, he just won the Hillbilly 100 this past weekend at Tyler County Speedway there in West Virginia. Um, awesome. So, yeah, that was a big win. Big win for him. They had a lot of people there at that race. It's all the aerial photo there. So, uh, Dylan, what's your uh, what's your uh, pop-up shower for this week uh well for my motorsports monday segment i'll be headed to rock castle speedway which is uh one of the dirt tracks i haven't been to here in kentucky yet um they actually have a race which is um one of the few that you see uh named uh, in memorial of a woman the sandy adams memorial is this weekend there and it's um actually the feature race would will be open wheel modifieds which you rarely oh, see very cool. here too so um some of the especially with the world 100 being saturday i think a lot of the bigger name open wheel modified guys will be there at rock castle there on saturday night so that'll be exciting i'll have those highlights monday 
morning on uh, ABC 36 here in Kentucky. Very cool. Did you see anything interesting this past weekend, or were you mostly at home? Mostly at home for the holiday. I uh, was going to head down. They had a couple of big races, one at Lake Cumberland Speedway, and then one um, there at Thunder Mountain, which Blake Brown is a Corbin, Kentucky guy. He was mods on the mountain, so another modified race. He was able to, to win that one there at Thunder Mountain. And then again, a couple of weeks, Ken Schrader's coming to the end of the month. He's coming to Richmond for a modified race there at Richmond Raceway here in Kentucky. So that'll be exciting. Hope That's I get awesome. To get a good little sit down with him, which would be cool. That'd be awesome. I'm glad you mentioned Richmond because I have to ask you purely because it just came up in another uh, conversation I had earlier today. Have you been to the Buckies in Richmond? And if so, give us your yes. review. That's usually because, you know, it's on I 75, which is south of Richmond, which is where. Um, most of the dirt races are. So that's usually a stop when I'm heading down to Lake Cumberland, heading to Richmond, you got to take a little bit of a detour. Uh, but that Bucky's is amazing. That's the first Bucky's I've ever been to. Um, so that's all I know. But uh, it is always packed. That's the cool thing about it, I think. I've never been to a Bucky's, but that's the closest one to anywhere I really get around, unless uh, work sends me to Texas, I think. Then I would find a Bucky's around there. But um, it's definitely like a bucket list item. As, as ridiculous as that sounds, it's making a gas station a bucket list item. Uh, I no, definitely want to go check your, it out. It's not your typical bus. I mean, gas station for sure. Now you grew up in, in North central West Virginia. You went to college in Pennsylvania. Uh, are, is it an apples to oranges comparison to compare Bucky's and sheets? I think it is because sheets is like a downscaled version. You know, if, if sheets wanted to do the big, the big, uh, the big deal like Bucky's is doing, I think they could. But I will say, Sheets is like your your mini alternative to that, you know. Okay, gotcha. Well, I'll, I'll definitely uh, try to make a Bucky's trip at some point. We've gone a little off the rails here, but uh, <laughs> I think we're giving valuable information to race fans who are road tripping to races because there are many Bucky's along the road to NASCAR stops. So absolutely. Uh, so uh, make sure you check out a Bucky's. Not sponsored, but we would gladly take it if you wanted to, Bucky's, <laughs> yes. if you're listening. Um, let's get to our race picks uh, since we're moving along here. Um, in our actual picks last week, it uh, looks like all of, only one of us who got a top 10 was Dylan. You had a fourth place with William Byron. Uh, Steve had a 20, uh, uh, 12th place finish from Joey Logano. Jake, an 18th from Martin Trex Jr., who had had a, a disappointing race and a uh, disappointing race for Denny Hamlin, too, after he wrecked out, leading the first 117 laps. Uh, the only saving grace for me, for Denny, was that he won the first two stages. So that bailed me out a little bit on points, but um, still not a great showing <clears throat> from him there. Uh, in the standings, uh, Dylan, you have a commanding 113-point lead over Steve. Uh then it's another 24 plus 11, so 35 points back to Jake. And then I am one point back of Jake. Um, struggles, struggle bus for me uh, continues my streak of, let's see, seven straight races without a top 10. Yes, since, since Martin Trucks Jr. won for me at Loudoun, I have seven straight races without a top 10. Uh, struggle wow. bus for me. But I'm hoping to rectify that this week by picking William Byron. Okay. Yeah, that's a good pick. And to do a little preview, which, you know, some people may not be listening to this podcast at the time. That's actually one of my first picks of the uh, week. 
for um, a little, little betting favorite, I have William Byron as my uh, pick of the week this week at plus fifty right now on Caesar Sportsbook. Okay. Uh, Jake has texted us in. He would like to pick Denny Hamlin, who I would have gone with had I not just picked Denny at Darlington. And he won the spring race there, he, which is he kind did. of the start I, I, of the whole Larson deal because, you know, kind of pushed him out of the way. <laughs> Right, and I am. I am. I only didn't do it. I only didn't pick Denny because I'm principled and not picking the same driver back to back weeks. Um, Steve owes us a pick, but he is tied up. So, Dylan, go ahead with yours. Yeah, well, uh, you took my William Byron. Um, so I'm kind of down between two other Toyota drivers, which both of which I think could would be a surprise. One being Ty Gibbs. And one being Bubba Wallace. Ty Gibbs, I think, would be a huge surprise and a big upset out of the playoff drivers. But that's kind of right on cue considering Bubba Wallace did exactly that last season. But I'm going to go with Bubba. I'm on, Bubba's going to be my pick this week. Bubba Wallace to win um, at Kansas. Repeat what he did last year. So that is my pick. Alrighty then. And uh, uh, that leaves. Ty Gibbs was very impressive in the spring. And run ran very well until he wrecked late in that race, finished thirty fourth. Very true. Uh, at least plenty of good options for Steve, by the way. So uh, yes, no shortage of options there. I can't do this part also without mentioning that Ryan did pick Kyle Larson, who won the race uh, last week. So props to Ryan for getting the, uh, the winner there. The <laughs> right, unlike me. Uh, in our random picks, uh, Dylan, you had a great day. You had Tyler Reddick in random, finished second, of course. Uh, a ninth place finish from Ryan Blaney for Jake was second amongst us. Then a, a tenth place from Eric Jones, and then I had uh, the terrible luck of uh, Michael McDowell finishing thirty second and getting only five points in random. Uh, my lead is still pretty healthy at eighty five points, uh, but still I, I have lost some track. <clears throat> Dylan, your second was six fifteen. Jake is only five points back of you, so the, the battle there heating up, and then Steve at 565. Uh, because we were, there's some flux about not sure how or when we would be recording, I've already done the random picks and sent it off to the guys, uh, but it goes as follows. Uh, I got Ryan Blaney this week. Steve got Todd Gilliland. Jake got uh, Ryan Priest, bruised eyes and all. And Dylan, you got Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Wow. Well, Ricky <clears throat> also showed some speed at Kansas earlier in the year. Um, so I think he could run well, potentially score some points for me. I'm excited, though, for Kansas. Uh, I really think it's going to be an exciting weekend. Hopefully NASCAR is able to have a good showing there uh, with yeah. all the series, but especially the Cup Series. They really need to after some, some dud races, both in terms of action and ratings the last few weeks of the summer. Um, they need to get some good momentum going, especially with football picking up for sure. Uh, and Kansas is a great place for it. Absolutely. Do you have your uh, weather forecast, Andy, for uh, Kansas this weekend? Yeah, upper 70s. Um, there's a chance of rain late Sunday night, but as long as everything goes according to plan, they should be good to go. A little cloudy potentially as well, so that's why I think it'll be interesting. It's going to be a lot cooler than than earlier in the season, how that how the cars handle with that. I know they, they do really well on hot, slick tracks. Um, it's not going to be cold by any means. I mean, still 
uh, upper 70s, low 80s, but it won't be blistering hot either. So, and sunny, which again, that seems like it's playing into these cars, the weather conditions more so than in the past. Yeah. Any all right. Teams well, looking for a freelance meteorologist, any NASCAR teams listening in, uh, I'm more than, more than happy to help. <laughs> there we go. There's your, uh, the shameless plug for our own Dylan Gooday. Uh, <laughs> Well, I think there's plenty. Uh, it's going to be plenty of good action there at Kansas, uh, even if the the, the Cup Series, um, you know, doesn't react great to the weather. The, the Xfinity Series and the trucks always put on a good show there, uh, so it'll be exciting to see. And um, and it's going definitely going to be a multi-screening affair with uh, with on Sunday with NFL picking up the Cup Series race on Sunday, uh, U.S. Open Men's Final here in New York on Sunday afternoon as well. So. You're going to have all the screens going, or need to have all the screens going. At least I will, for sure, uh, to keep up with everything going on. Uh, anything else you want to add here, Dylan, before we wrap this one up? Nope. Um, I just it'll be it if if there is a surprise. I know Kyle Petty said in the broadcast that he doesn't think there's going to be a surprise non-playoff winner in the entire playoffs, which was I think was a bold statement considering what happened last year. But could Ty Gibbs get his first win? Uh, or could somebody like a Daniel Suarez run well? We'll see. And Chase Elliott's not in the playoffs. Chase Elliott, Alex Bowman, yes. Uh, so there are a lot of big names that could potentially spoil someone's uh, winning get in playoff hopes. But also, a uh, name we didn't mention much, Ross Chastain did have a good good race there at Darlington, a clean race. Um, so could he get a little bit of momentum? He needs it desperately. So that'll be Ironic. And to watch. Ironic that he had a good race at Darlington. That's the track after which he had the talking to, and it seemed to change his season. Yeah, and I thought he was going to actually be contender for the win there at the end. He had some really good speed late in the race. So it'll be interesting to see if that carries over this week. Well, thank you all so much for listening to Cloudy with a Chance of Racing. Uh, Big thank you uh, for your subscriptions, your uh, your likes, your follows on social media, all that. We very much appreciate it. If you're not already subscribed, be sure to click that button on your favorite podcasting platform. Leave us a review or a rating. And also follow us on social media. We're on Instagram, Threads, and X slash Twitter at, uh, at Cloudy Racing Pod. We uh, very much appreciate all of you for interacting with us there. And uh, we'll be back next week. I think Steve is working on a big guest for you next week, and if we get that on lockdown, we'll be sure to uh, to tease that for you on the socials leading up to next week's show. So for Dylan, I'm Braxton. Thank you so much for listening to Cloudy with a Chance of Racing. We'll be back with you after the Kansas weekend. Have a good one.